Well, once again, welcome, welcome. We're, we are so glad that uh, you are here with us, and we're so glad that you are watching. Hallelujah. Uh, we are praising God for His amazing grace of what He's doing in our lives, and uh, I believe you're at the right place at the right time for God to speak a word into your life. Hallelujah. Amen? So we believe that. And we want to welcome all of you. If you're here for the very first time, well, welcome. We are so glad that you're here. Uh, and uh, we're so blessed to have you. We're blessed to have everybody, but we're really blessed if you, if you took a chance on us and came in this morning and it's your first time here. We have a connect card right there in the seat pockets in front of you, so if you'd fill that out, let us know how you heard about us. Many people hear us because of our, hear about us online. A lot of people watch us first before they dare come and be among us, but I, I, I like that, and that's okay, you know. Uh, I mean, I grew up in church, so I know how it is. Church can be dangerous. You got to go, especially if you're going to go visit a new one. And, uh, you know, but uh, I, I tell you, it's, uh, it's exciting about what God can do in our lives. And we just want to let you know our church is a church that we just love people. Hallelujah. We want to reach and touch as many people as we can with the love of Jesus, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And then we want to build you up. We want to make you strong. We want to be able to get you to finish your course. We don't want you just to start, but we want you to finish. Amen? Amen. I mean, we don't, you know, God didn't bring us this far to let us go now. Hallelujah. He doesn't want it to go, okay, let's just go this and now. No, we're going we're gonna to finish strong. Hallelujah. And then everything we do, we want to do because we want to honor God in all that we do. And we rejoice in him. Amen? So if you fill out one of those cards there, put it in the offering bucket as it goes by to be passing down the aisles there. So uh, just drop it in there. Praise God. Amen. Well, we're going to worship God with our tithes and our offerings this morning. We're going to praise God, believing God for, for good things. Amen. So if you need an envelope, go ahead and uh, take an envelope out there. They're in the seat pockets in front of you. Praise God. Hallelujah. We... Uh, we just signed on the dotted line to do the roof and to do solar on top of our roof. So we're going to do that. That's going to start pretty soon here, as soon as it's, we know it's going to be dry long enough. Uh, and not only that, we're going to actually be taking off all of our units, all of our air conditioning, heating units off the top of the roof, and then putting on all new. We're going to get it all brand new so it lasts for at least another 30 years so we don't have to touch it. Amen? And uh, so we are uh, uh, working on that. That'll all be uh, started actually this week. It'll all be going down this week and stuff. So uh, we're believing God for that. It's only $225,000 and we're going to get it all done. So uh, God's going to do it. Amen? And so we're believing if you just, you know, if you want to write one or two checks for that, that'd be fine. Uh, but it's okay. No, we want to, we want to continue. We've, we, people have given toward that already. I think we have about $30,000 that's already been designated toward that. So, but, uh, but we're believing we got great things and we're thanking God and we're not going to stop. We're just going to go, we're going to pay for it as, as God supplies all of our needs. Amen. And that's the blessing of it because you guys are such great givers. You guys are so precious. You just keep doing what you're doing. God's going to keep doing great things. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, one of the things that we went down to Keith Hershey's and Keith is a, he's a visionary. You know, he just really is. He just does things. If God tells him to do it, he just does it. I mean, he went to Lebanon 
And he said, okay, we need to buy a building. He has no money. He goes over there, t- talks to them, does all these talks without any money at all, and, and, and secures a building, signs on the dotted line, comes back over and says, hey, I need some money. And God, and God does great things and, uh, and, and paid off the building there. And, and you know, it was, it was a million dollars to do it and do everything. And he's done that every time. You know, so he just always just, he said, hey, listen, when God calls you to do something, he always brings in the finances. And aren't you glad that he always does that? So that means some of you are going to get really blessed. You're about to get blessed supernaturally, amen? Because not only are we doing this, but we're believing God to pay off our whole building, this thing, so we can keep going, you know? And of course, we want to continue to build, go on here. We've got big visions, so that means you're all going to get so blessed that you have an abundant supply, so amen? So let's, let's, let's pray over this offering. Father, we just thank you, we praise you. What a blessing it is to sow. What a blessing it is to bring our tithes and our offerings and to honor you and to worship you that you said you would open the windows of heaven. Father, you said you would cause all grace to abound toward us so that we having all sufficiency in all things so that we can abound to every good work. And we thank you that Harvest Bible Church is good ground and we're bringing good seed and we're planting it into good ground. But Lord, you also told us not to give grudgingly, hallelujah, or give because we think we have to. You said as we and our have a joyful heart to give. A joy, we give full of faith and full of joy, hallelujah, thanking you that you're the one that meets and supplies all of our needs. And we thank you for it now. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen and amen. Ushers, go ahead. Let's receive this offering here. Hallelujah. And uh, I'm going to give you the first part of the announcements, and then my wonderful wife is going to give you all of her announcements. And so, uh, anyways, I'm getting out here, and the only reason I'm doing this is because I need to, we have our app on here, which is really cool. So it tells me everything, and if I press down here, boom, what is it? No, that's not it. That's the one here. It's all good. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's the bulletin is where I got to go to. Amen. Hallelujah. Just got to make sure I got the right app open. That's the thing about it is. is anyways, I do know one of the announcements that we have here is, is uh, Financial Peace University starting tomorrow. I know that we have about eight people that have signed up. And if you would like to sign up, uh, you can sign up there. It's going to start tomorrow at 630. It's going to go for nine weeks. It's going to be a, a, a tremendous um, blessing. And if you've never been a part of that or you don't even know what that is, it's just all about how to manage your money. It's all about how to manage your money, and uh, it's so cool. I got the right app up, and I got the right thing, so it's all good, all right? So uh, I wanted to announce that, and, you know, you can come. You'll be able to, to pay tomorrow night to, to get all your stuff, and uh, so it's $79, and it'll be a tremendous blessing for you, amen? How many know that it's good to know how to manage? It's good to know not let your money manage you. Hallelujah. Also, hopefully all of you, you know, we sent out all of the year-end statements and everything of all your giving of what you did last year. So if you didn't get that through your emails, that means we don't have your email or we have the wrong one. And I know that many of you like to hide out. You don't like you give us all false information. But what we like to do is get your thing to you. So, and then there are those of you that you don't, we don't want anybody to know who you are. So you want us to, we can give you uh, your letter if you would let us know what you'd like to do. We have it all on there. But I wanted to let you know that was sent out. So if you didn't get that, let us know uh, because you guys have been such, such blessings. And so uh, we praise God for that wonderfully. Amen. 
And also, there's a lot of things happening in February, a lot of things going on that uh, my wife's going to talk to you about for, for School of the Bible. But also, I just want to you know, save the date, too, because on uh, February 19th, we're having a baby dedication. So all, we, have a lot of baby, we have a lot of babies being born in our church, so we've got to do this more than, than you know, once a year. We've got to start doing it twice a year. So that's always good. Amen. Hallelujah. And so, uh, praise the Lord for that. Let's see what else that we have that I'm supposed to do. I think that's all mine. You're, you're up. If I think of something else, I get to come back up, so I'm good. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, we had such a great time with Keith and Heidi Hershey. You know, it's good to be around another visionary. That's, my, that's who I am. I'm a visionary. And I was so inspired. I was like, we have to tell everybody we got to pay off this building ASAP because I've got more visions. <laughs> we got we to expand. And, you know, there was just so many things that were brought up of community, you know, making a community basketball thing, you know, um, court, you know, in the city. And I mean, I just, my wheels were turning. Yes, yes, we could do this. So anyway, he, he kind of pulled me back a little bit, but... But you can't stop prayer. Amen. You know, I'm praying. Um, you know, it just, it's exciting to be able to serve, serve the Lord in his kingdom. Amen. Um, really quickly before I forget, um, there are some oranges in the back. And, um, and so if you would like some, <laughs> you need some vitamin C. Um, there's a whole huge bag. Is it from your tree? From her tree. So, um, yeah, everybody said, thank you. I love oranges. And so please help yourself. I think she even put bags in there, didn't you? She's got you already. So, um, all right, some very exciting things coming up. Um, starting on February 5th, we are going to restart our School of the Bible. And um, last unit was unit one. And in unit one, we really learned about the affirmation of why we can trust God's word. And unit two is what we'll be beginning. And this is going to be a very fun unit. Um, We're going to be talking about starting in Genesis chapter one, verse one, how God creates the universe. And, um, you know, he made space, time and matter. That's what you have to have to have a creation. And we're going to learn about um, what the difference is in evolution, evolution, they will, every scientist will tell you evolution starts from the moment of evolution, but they cannot tell you how life began. There's, they don't have the answer, but praise the Lord. We have the Bible and the Bible says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So, um, the class, you know, has a lot of, uh, biblical, it's a biblical foundation class, but I love science, and so I do bring a lot of uh, science over so that you can see and compare, and um, a lot of Christians, I know I was raised to believe that the earth was millions of years old, and that dinosaurs existed um, before man was created, then the big asteroid came and hit, that's how I was taught, um, even in the Christian, in the church, but it's not biblical, and so, um, again, if we look at what the Bible says, there's a different story, and I tell you, I choose to believe the Bible, so if you don't know any of those answers and you're curious, this class is going to be really good. Um, and this this uh, unit, we're also going to be talking about dinosaurs. How fun is that? <laughs> I've got some really fun things. We, we've connected with a ministry called Genesis Apologetics. They are actually based in Folsom. And during our, our dinosaur um, talk on that, that um that particular lesson, he's actually going to be coming to the class, and he is going to be teaching us about dinosaurs, biblical, where they're found. Did you know that they're found in the Bible? Did you know that? Yeah. And, um, and that he's going to bring dinosaur bones to church. 
So, and, and you probably wonder, why is Ms. Pam getting into dinosaurs? Because it proves something biblically in the, in the Bible that's very important. That's called Genesis Flood. And so anyway, very fun, very interesting. It's going to be a wonderful, uh, wonderful unit. There's just we're, so much to that, but I'm going to pass that up. Go get on to the, this part. If you need your Sunday school book. Um, in the back, there is these envelopes. Just fill it out. Tell me how many uh, student guides you need. And then also there is the family devotional. This devotional is really easy. Uh, it's something you can do with your family. It's it's not a lot of pages. And it just re-implifies what we just talked about in class. So it's just a great thing. But I do need to, um, to find out how many of you need that. Um, all right, so that's February 5th. I hope you all can, can join me in that class. It'll be right in here. And then I do want to um, talk about, again, this Genesis apologetics that we are hooking up with. In March, March 4th, they are holding a G1 conference in um, William Jessup University. And they're going to be uh, talking right down the line of what we're, we're been learning in class about creation, evolution, Noah's flood, dinosaurs, just, just apologetics in general. And um, I'm really excited. I was going to attend, Pastor Mark and I were going to attend this conference, but when I began to talk with, um, with one of the leaders of this, I found out that they are having a kids program from grades one to five, first grade to fifth grade. And so I was asked to help in that class. And so I am super excited. And... Um, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> of course I'm excited. And also, any of my teachers that are in the room, any HBC volunteer kids, helpers, teachers, um, I told them they need 12 of us, and I said, I bet I can get all 12 helpers to come and volunteer for this, um, and we will be teaching approximately 75 children. And so it's going, unless more come at that. But um, parents, if you would like your children to go to this conference, Miss Pam will be there and, um, you know, a lot of our teachers, um, you can see me. I'll be having these in the class also to, to pass out to you, but I do have flyers today. And, um, and then again, any of my teachers that want to help. Um, okay. Um, th- not this Thursday, but next Thursday. This I'm talking to all HBC teachers and helpers. We are going to be having a meeting here at the church. It's a Thursday night, February 2nd, and I'm going to be explaining to you all these upcoming events with the, with the um, Genesis Apologetics class. And also, man, God has just... He, we've already began booking the year. It was just amazing. We, uh, we have our VBS set up. I'm going to talk to you about our VBS. We have um, a special big encore that's going to happen with that. And so we'll be having a meeting February 2nd. I'll be showing you all that, plus talking about the new unit for you that are helping. So if you could please save the date. And then lastly, we will be talking about this, but I do want you to save the date. This is extremely important. Um, we're having a teacher training uh, seminar here on February 18th, and Dave uh, Dave Bisbee, who is from Genesis Apologetics, if you help me teach the kids that we're going to miss the seminar, but he's going to come and give us a seminar, a private teaching for all of our teachers to train us how to teach biblical apologetics in um and I'm so excited. So he's, what a blessing that, and, and how fun. So I have these flyers too, so you can start marking your dates. And um, 
Ladies, we do have a retreat, an out-to-go-somewhere retreat in the, in the makings. So exciting. But I, in a couple weeks, I, I gotta, I've got the place. I've just got to make sure I nailed everything down before I give you it. But it's coming um, in May and um, <clears throat> coming soon. So, <laughs> But anyway, I think that's, I have a ton of stuff, but I think that's all I needed to, to share with you. So some exciting things. going to be a fun year. Amen. All right, God bless you guys. Uh, hallelujah. Amen. Cameron, are you taking out the folks? Taking out all the high school, junior high guys? I do have two other announcements for you. One is, uh, Greg just came down and told me that uh, uh, financial peace is not 79. It's only 59 because they gave us a deal. So it's 20 bucks cheaper. All right. So anyway, and also, hey, you know, we have things that go on all the time around here, like, like, we have Monday night prayer, then we have Tuesday night men's Bible study at 6.30, or 6 to 7.30, excuse me, 6 to 7.30, and uh, then of course we have the Thursday ladies Bible studies, a lot of things going on, and then we have Friday night prayer, and there's always something you can get involved with, and something you can do, amen? And so, because uh, why? We want you to get blessed, actually, but what we want you to do is uh, we want you to grow up. We actually, we do. We want you to be solid in the things of God. And how many of you know that we need one another? We need to have fellowship one with another. And it's so, it's so important that we do that. So that's why we come together. In fact, the Bible says we're supposed to come together even more so as we see the day approaching. You know, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together, but admonish one another. Admonish us all so we can do that. Amen. And so that's why we have all of these things, because we're hoping one of those things sticks with you, okay, because we want you to get you connected, we want to get you excited about uh, the things of God, and, and I'm excited about what's going on here, and she commu- communicated with those folks up in Folsom, and, and you know, Miss Pam, she just jumps right in with both feet, and uh, so she's got them coming to you, so she figured you wouldn't go to them, so uh, you got to show up, and uh, I mean, he's going to teach the class, he's going to be here, and then he's also going to uh, teach you and share with you, so it's going to be a, a great, great time. And somebody asked us a question, well, why are you making such a big deal? And the reason we're making such a big deal is because we watched the thing and we did a study, and it's a study all nationwide, Barna did this, several people did this, is that kids stop believing in God at the age of 13 or when they get junior high and high school because people tell them, well, it's impossible for God to get all those animals on the boat. It's impossible about this and they had to do this and they had to do all the things. It's like, and I'll, and I'll give you a really good example of this. Hey, you know, a friend that I graduated from with high school, I went to high school with things and stuff. He, he made a comment on Facebook and here's his comment. He said, here it is. We got all the smartest people in the world that, that are all these scientists and they wrote all these things. And then we got all these Christians who are, who are going for a book that was written by a bunch of dumb fishermen. Here's the thing, is that the book wasn't written by a bunch of dumb fishermen. It was written by God. It was God-inspired. God, and God's a whole lot smarter than the most brilliant scientist you can ever find. Amen? And the, one of the most brilliant scientists that was ever around was Einstein, and he loved God, and he believed God, and he understood how to, you know, so that's the most stupidest statement I ever saw. I was like, oh my gosh, God bless you, you know. And uh, bless his heart. I love him. But, uh, you know, that was a dumb, dumb, dumb statement because that means that he doesn't believe this is the inspired word of God. It's not. It's just a book. How do you know this is not a book? 
It's, it's the word of God. It's the Bible. Amen. Hey, and so go with me, if you would, to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And we're going to start something again. I started it a week ago or two weeks ago on a Wednesday night. And it was, it, it was titled, He Promised. He Promised. Uh, I like that song that was saying, you know, that, that, that both Pastor Pam and then Ryan was singing the very first song we had, that he's good on his promise. I like that title, Greg. So just say, he's good on his promise. That's what this will be titled. How do you know God's good on his word? You know, that's the amazing thing. And that's why I love it when we look at the word of God and let's go by the word of God. Because sometimes our theology can get all messed up. And I made a statement there. And I'm going to make this statement here because it's going to be a tough statement for folks. Because this is where uh, people get all messed up. And it's all about the sovereignty of God. Well, God's God. See, get a holy hush. Because everybody's like, okay, yeah, God's God. God can do anything. Yes, he can. Hallelujah. But you know, with the sovereignty of God, you've got to understand what God has tied his sovereignty to. See, because God can't do everything. Because number one, God can't lie. <laughs> See, you got something over on God. Now, not that it's a good thing. <laughs> Amen. But no, God can't lie. He's not a man that he should lie. Amen. And God's sovereignty is what we've done. And all of us, if we grew up in church, we've been taught the sovereignty of God by different things. And uh, there, was, there was two main differences or two main things in, in what you need to understand growing up and what you were taught. You didn't know about them. But one was called Arminianism and Calvinism. Okay. And uh, Calvinism was the predestination of God that some were destined to be saved and some were destined to just go to hell. And you didn't know if, you, if, you, if God liked you and you were following God, well, you were destined to be saved. If God didn't bother you, then you were destined to go to hell. It's kind of a sad thing. Arminianism said, no, we're saved by grace, but we have to work at it. <laughs> both of them are tough. <laughs> Believe it or not, both of them have truths in them. Okay, so don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. Do you know that every denomination, every denomination that started, started out in the will of God. Started out with a revelation, started out with something that God wanted to, to do. The problem is, is that they took it way too far. And they pushed it and they, and they tried to, to make it, this is it, this is the great, this is the great uh, truth that, that we have to stand on. And how you know the only great truth that we have to stand on is, is the Lord Jesus Christ and him crucified, period. That's the body of Christ, you know. That's why like in our bylaws, we have, a, we have one of our bylaws, our number, one of our tenets of faith, excuse me, not our bylaws, one of our tenets of faith says this. It says, the church consists of all those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and I've had many people say, why do you have that in there? I said, because so many people think that their church is the only one. Do I believe this is the best church? Yes. <laughs> because you're here. Not because of me, but because of you. I got the best people. So that's why it's the best church. And, uh, but, you know, as we always say, we're the best church on this corner. But do I believe that there are people born again in every denomination, every place? Yes. Yes, yes, and yes. See, when you get into an inclusivism, it messes you all up. It really, really does. But what happens is, is that if we don't take the Bible for the inspired word of God, and we don't take the Bible of what God said is true, see, God tied himself irrevocably to his word. He said, this is my word, this is my will. Amen? 
And so when we take hold of the word of God, and that's where people get really nervous, because when you take hold of the the word of God and you begin to get set free, because we can only have true freedom through the Lord Jesus Christ. We can only have true freedom when we know what the Bible says about the sovereignty of God. Because if you think that God's in control and you, and it's kind of like the Doris Day theology, case sera, sera, whatever will be, will be, you're in trouble. Now, I know all the young people, who in the world is Doris Day? But all of us older folk, we know that one, okay? We understand those things, all right? But that's what people have. Well, God, if God's in control, then it doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't matter what I say. If God's in control, then it's up to God whether I get healed. It's up to God whether I prosper. It's up to God whether I grow up. And did you know, it's, it, none of that's up to God, it's all up to you. God gave it up to you. He, he, he gave you that right. He gave, God said it in his word. He gave us all of the promises. And that's what we're going to talk about. He promised. His word. He can't go back. God said it. Amen. You got up this morning and guess what? The sun rose in the east. And you're here because God said. Nine times in Genesis, God said, and nine times it was so, the Bible says. See, that's the joy of that's understanding. If you don't start with God, then everything else doesn't make sense. Amen? But I'll talk to you about his promises. He's good on his promise. God promised. Amen? And I don't care how many broken promises you've had in your life, God's never broken one. Because here's the thing. If God ever breaks his promise, the world ceases to exist. So every time you get up in the morning and you're still alive, whoa, you should jump and go, glory to God, God's promise is still here. He's hanging over. The word is still alive. God's still God. He's still got it because the world is still here. The Bible says the worlds were framed by the word of God. They're held together by what God said. So whatever he says doesn't come. See, God's promised. He's given us a promise. Now look here in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse, verse 20. I'm going to read it out of the King James and I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation. He said, for all the promises of God in him or in Christ are yes and in Christ, in him, amen, so be it unto the glory of God by us. Now he which establishes us with you in Christ and hath anointed us is God. Hallelujah. Then he says, who hath also sealed us. Hallelujah. Given to us the earnest or the down payment of the Spirit in our hearts. Amen. The New Living Translation says this. For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ, our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. And he has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything he has promised us. Aren't you glad he's promised us a lot of things? People, people have got to grab a hold of the promises of God. Now I want you to, to go with me if you would over to uh, Romans chapter four. I'm going to give you some scripture this morning. We're just going to lay it out and then we're going to keep going because I just know in my heart, God just stirred my heart up uh, about this, because when uh, she, Pastor Pamela was preaching on the, the 
Sunday that we didn't have any power and everything. She was just, and God gave her that, that supernatural message was so cool about the, the, you know, the difference between the Kronos of God and the Kiros of God, which means Kronos means just regular time, whatever it does. But Kiros means that God had some appointed times. God appointed times. And when she talked about John chapter five with the man that was there at the pool of Bethesda being, being lame and having been there 38 years. And Jesus asked him a question and said, do you want to be healed? And, he, and the first thing he says, well, I can't because I can't make it down to the water because someone jumps ahead of me. And then he said, I don't have anybody to help me. And I love what she said. She said, he said, I can't. They said they won't. But Jesus said, I do. And I want to get across to you that Jesus says, I do to you. But here's even better than that. Jesus doesn't even say, I do. He said, I did. And it's not up to him doing something. It's up to us believing something that he has already done, already provided. It's up to us to pull up to the table and take hold of it. It's up to us to grab a hold of it and say, this is ours. Now, and, and, and to understand why we have this authority and to understand something, in uh, Romans chapter 4, verse 13, we're going to read all the way down through verse 20, but I'm going to read it to you out of the New Living just for the sake of time. Uh, but it's really good in all of the, all of the King James, New King, all of those. But here it says, he said, clearly God's promise to give the whole earth to Abraham and his descendants was based not on his obedience to God's law, but on a right relationship with God that comes by faith. Man, aren't you glad that we have a right relationship with God that comes by faith? I am so glad that everything God does is built upon relationship and not on works. Glory to God. If God's promise is only for those who obey the law, then faith is not necessary. And the promise is pointless. For the law always brings punishment on those who try to obey it. The only way to avoid breaking the law is to have no law to break. Which is true, because none of us can fulfill the law. You just, it, it's impossible. If you've ever read how to fulfill the, you know, it's impossible. You just, you can never do all the things that they ask you to do. Amen? So the promise is received by faith. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, you know, the promise is received by faith. That means faith is vitally important, which faith simply means you believe God. You believe in what he said. Amen? Hallelujah. So the promise is received by faith. It is given as a free gift. Man, aren't you glad you don't have to earn it? Aren't you glad that there's enough to go around to everybody? Hallelujah. Aren't you glad, hallelujah, that God's not saying, well, you got to do this, you got to do that. No, all you got to do is believe. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. It's a free gift. And we are all certain to receive it. Isn't that that cool? Paul's like, hey, and you're going to get it. You're certain to receive it. It's a free gift. Who wouldn't want a gift? Who wouldn't want to receive it? Then he says, whether or not we live according to the law of Moses. Then he says this, if we have faith like Abraham's, for Abraham is the father of all who believe. That is what the scriptures mean when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. Hallelujah. And this happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his body was good as dead, and so was Sarah's womb. 
But Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this he brought glory to God, and he was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. Aren't you glad that all of us can have strong faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what God said, God can do. But you know, you don't receive according to what God can do. You receive according to what you believe he will do for your life. Because you can talk to anybody in the world and they'll tell you, well, God can do it. God can. We, everybody says God can do it. And even if they're not even saved, they say God, you know, if they believe in God, God can do it. God can do it. But there's no faith in believing God can. There's no faith in believing God can. There's only faith in believing God will. See, because faith begins where the will of God is known, not the ability of God is known. See, we have a big problem in that area because we always think, well, why doesn't God do something? He's willing. Or is he willing? See, that's the thing. Is he willing to do it for you? I know, I got your attention. Because you've got to understand because we've been taught, just like we're teaching and going to teach in these classes, your brain's going to go scramble because you've been taught so many different things. And it's like, is that really true? Because when you open up to what God's done in his word, you say, it, it's too good, Pastor. It's just too good. It's too easy. It's like one person told me, she said, there's a lady, she said, well, that you can't get saved that easy. I said, what do you mean? Just believe in your heart. You confess with your mouth. Romans 10, 9 and 10. You believe in your heart. You confess with the Lord Jesus. And the Bible says, you shall be saved. It's, 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 it's just believe in it and say it. That's how you get saved. She goes, it's too easy. I got to do something. I said, no, you don't have to. Amen. It's so funny. You know, we had a guy come to our church to sit here for three years trying to figure out if I was real or not. <laughs> and figure out if what I was saying was real. Amen? Now, praise God. How did he, after three years, it sunk in and he came forward, got born again. God, he's in heaven today because of that. But, uh, you know, because uh, he, uh, he talked to me and talked to me. Because he was like, it's, it's too easy and I'm too bad. I said, no, you're never too bad for any, God said, there's nobody too bad for God. Amen. Amen. And it's simply that, because it's simply a matter of faith, because God put everything on the basis of faith. He put everything on the basis of believing. That's why, how did he, that he put it all on the same playing field, you know, and that's why it's really hard for smart people who think they're smart to get saved. It's really hard for smart people who think they're smart to get healed. Amen, don't, 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 you know, don't look at me so holy and all those kind of things there. It's really hard because you've got to become as a little child, you've got to believe. I mean, I could tell you that behind this wall is Barnum and Bailey Circus. I mean, we got elephants, lions, and tigers. I mean, we got everything back there. I mean, we got the flying trapeze. And if you've got a little kid here that's a preschool kid, they're going to be like, yes, I want to go, you know? But all of you know, the offices are back there. And you all know that it ain't big enough. And all of you've lost your imagination. So you've lost a lot of your faith. Because you, God uses your imagination. He uses these things to help you. Amen. Now let's be say, many people say, well, yeah, but that's Abraham. I, I, I'm glad you said that. Go over to Galatians chapter 3, if you would, with me. Go over to Galatians chapter 3. I'm going to read you a whole bunch more scripture here. Why am I doing this? Because I've got to lay a foundation that you believe God's promises are mine. 
Do you know the number one promise you got to believe is that you get eternal life when you believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. That's how we get it. Did you know that Romans 10, 9 and 10 is how we get everything from God? Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that if we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth, how do you, the Lord Jesus, we shall be saved. For with the heart, man believes unto righteousness, and it's with your mouth that confession is made unto salvation. So that's how you do it for salvation, but that's how your mouth is made. You believe in your heart, you confess through the mouth for healing. You believe in your heart, you confess through the mouth for prosperity. You believe in your heart, you confess through the mouth for authority. You believe in your heart, and you confess through the mouth for joy. You draw up the things that God's given in your heart. Everything we receive from God is we've got to believe it in our heart and we've got to say it with our mouth. Most people, can, they, they don't have too much problem believing in their heart, but they don't want anybody to know what they're saying. <sighs> Amen? But you need to get convinced to your own self and, and speak to your own self so that you can grab a hold of it so that you don't care what anybody else says. Now here's something too, Christians. Why in the world do we care what the world thinks? The world hated Jesus, and Jesus said, guess what? The world's going to hate you. So when they get mad, and guess what's going to get hotter in the kitchen? This is going to get hotter being a Christian, okay? It's going to be hotter. People are not going to, I mean, you know, you just read about things. People wear, hey, Jesus saves shirts, and they won't even let them shop. You know, they won't do it. So it's going to get hotter. But here's the thing. People are gonna, just going to know who you are, and the enemy's going to come and scream at you. I mean, bless your hearts. I, I'm so glad. Remember I told you I was born for adversity? I was born for this time. I mean, I pastored and did things. So I already had people come. I've had people come. I've been sitting in meetings. People come up and scream at me and yell at me because I'm saved. And I said, how do you even know that? He said, you are. I said, good, because I'm smiling all the time. I said, no, that's just because I got a short upper lip. I can't close my mouth. <laughs> but it's like, so... It's things that happen, but I mean, people just scream, yeah. and I've had just, just things, you know, you're walking around and people just, 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 you know, your friendly neighborhood demoniacs just attack you. So, you know, you guys are just so blessed, you've been in a bubble, but that bubble's about to break. So, so because the Bible says you've got to be ready to give an answer to everyone that asks the reason of the hope that's within you. And I'm not bragging on me. I thought, man, gosh, why, Lord, why, why do you send crazy people here? Why do you always oh, get around crazy people? But he just, he said, no, this, you're supposed to, your light's supposed to shine so that people see it and they get convicted of your light. Amen? Amen? I remember one time I was witnessing and sharing and uh, all of these little kids ran up to me and they were all, you know, saying we were in in an area and and, and he could just tell the one little kid was just lying like crazy. He just lying and lying, doing things, you know, and I'm just sharing the gospel. And pretty soon he just starts crying. He said, I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, I've been lying the whole, I said, it's okay, but Jesus loves you. How about you get born? And he got, let, let him do the Lord. And he was just, you know, and he said, he said, you're just so nice. I said, well, no, I was just wasn't paying attention to you. I was praying to everybody else here. You know, you just got convicted and gave your heart to Jesus. You see, what happens is, is that your life should convict everybody around you that doesn't have the light that you have. Amen. And that conviction is not condemnation. It's not condemning anybody. It's convicting them of the love of God that's in you. 
And everybody should want the joy that you have. They should want the peace. Boy, this is not coming out anyway, the way, but it's okay. It's all good. Amen. Hallelujah. Have you found Galatians chapter three yet? Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Let's, let's look at verse 13. And I'm, once again, I'm going to read out of the New Living just because it gives you a little bit better you know, understanding and, and it flows a little better. It said, but Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. When he was hung on the cross, he, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. For it is written in the scriptures, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing blessing he promised to Abraham. Do you know that God promised Abraham? We just had a wonderful sermon about the camels are coming and the camels are here. And he talked about blessing, I will blessing, multiply, I will multiply. He's talking to Abraham and he talked about it being an incredible blessing and blessing and blessing of what it's supposed to be. You know, because Abraham's blessing was spiritual. Hallelujah. It was, it was physical and it was material. And so God just, I mean, God blessed him and blessed him. And so if we're going to get Abraham's blessings, Hallelujah. We need to know how we get Abraham's blessings. Amen. So I said, he promised to Abraham so that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters, here's an example from everyday life. Just as no one can set aside or amend or an irrevocable agreement, so it is in this case. God gave the promises to Abraham and to his child singular, child. And notice that the scripture doesn't say to his children as if it meant many descendants. Rather, it says to his child. And that, of course, means Christ. That is what I'm trying to say. The agreement God made with Abraham could not be canceled 430 years later when God gave the law to Moses. God would be breaking his promise. And if the inheritance could be received by keeping the law, then it would not be a result of accepting God's promise. But God graciously gave it to Abraham as a promise. Why then was the law given? It was given alongside the promise to show people their sins. Amen. Because without the Ten Commandments, most people wouldn't know what sin is. But the law was designed to last only until the coming of the child who was promised, which is talking about Jesus. God gave his law through the angels to Moses, who was the mediator between God and the people. He says, and now a mediator is helpful if more than one party must reach an agreement. But God, who is one, did not use a mediator when he gave his promise to Abraham. Aren't you glad that Jesus is our mediator, but we don't have to have a mediator of man anymore. We don't have to have a man stand before God for us. He, prom- he gave his promise to Abraham. Is there a conflict then between God's law and God's promises? Absolutely not. If the law could give us new life, we could be made right with God by obeying it. But the scripture declares that we are all prisoners of sin, so we receive God's promise of freedom only by believing in Jesus Christ. And here's the thing, when you know that you know that you're born again, you know that you're free, and you know how you've received that, then you can receive everything from God. And listen to this, all of the promises of God are yes and amen. Amen? That's what we just read that. In, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, it says all of the promises. Every, God's not withholding any of his promises because God, his one big promise was to send the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I, you know, I get to heaven, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. We know the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost. Amen? It came to the whole earth. It came for all of us. Thank God we've been born again by that spirit. 
The Bible says that that same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead dwells in you. It quickens your mortal body. You become a new creature in Christ Jesus. Do you know your spirit can't get healed? You understand that, right? You don't need healing in your spirit. Your spirit's a new creature in Christ Jesus. God made you brand spanking new. It can't get healed. Now, your soul and your body needs a lot of healing. Your mental well-being needs a lot of healing. Your mind, some of you, your mind, we need to get some help in that. Hallelujah. That's okay, though. All of us need help in those areas. You know, I jokingly, I got to, you guys get all so serious. 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 But here's the thing about it. God promised, and God said, my promises will be fulfilled. Remember, Isaiah 55, verse 11 says, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. This is God talking. He says, it's going to go forth and it's going to accomplish the thing whereunto I sent it. He said, not only is it going to accomplish, but it's going to prosper in that. See, God said, so his word, that's why God spoke the worlds into existence. God set the stars. God set the universes. God set everything. Isn't it amazing? People want to dis, they want to say, you know, this can't be God because we've got galaxies five billion light years away and we see just because they can't get out there. And that's the wonderful thing. That just, for me, it's like, man, my God's bigger than I thought he was. I mean, he's holding the whole world in his hand. So, no big deal. Amen? And he set all these things in motion. He's pretty, he's pretty good size. And if God is not only with us, but God is for us, but he's not only for us and with us, he's in us. We can't even, we, we, we can't even wrap our little old brains around that at all. We have no understanding except that God made us new creatures in Christ Jesus, which set us free. See, true freedom. Notice it said God's promise of freedom only is only, we receive God's promise of freedom only by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. When you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, it changes everything and you don't let anybody talk you out of it. See, God's promises have to have a day of fulfillment. Remember in, in Luke 1, when, when uh, the angel, you know, there and talked to Mary, she, can, she conceives and everything. And then there's the next scripture. Luke 137 says, you know, in, in the King James, it says, for with God, all things are possible. Amen. But in, in the Amplified Bible, it says this, for with God, nothing is ever impossible and no word of God from God will be without power or impossible of fulfillment. So God spoke some things over you and I, because we just got through reading that. God promised it to Abraham and his child. Abraham and his child. Now, everybody else in the Old Testament does say, well, that was talking about Abraham and Isaac. No, it was talking about he was the child, he was the seed of promise, but it was talking about Jesus. Because it goes on down in the 29th verse of Galatians chapter 3. It says, you know, if you're a Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise? Amen? Hallelujah. So we get this promise. But what did God promise? I mean, what are the promises? Well, first of all, the problem, number one promise is eternal life. And if you've been truly born again, if you've made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, wow, what peace, what joy. I mean, we get to go through life not, you know, uh, by ourselves, but we get to go through life not without hope. Amen? You see all these things that are happening, all they going, but you glory to God. I know, I know where I'm headed. I know where I'm going. And God said he'd never leave me nor forsake me. God's going to always meet and supply all of my needs. Amen. You know, y'all know that, uh, you know, you don't want to say this, but you know, we're, we're, we're bankrupt as a nation, right? We're in so far in debt and all those things there. And you think, well, what are we going to do? Well, our trust is in God. 
God owns all the cattle. God owns all the silver. God owns all the gold that they think they own. This earth ain't theirs. It's ours. Hallelujah. And they've made a mess of it. Hallelujah. So it's time for that wealth transfer. It's time for those blessings to come. It's time for you to be blessed. Because God's going to show how great he is. Amen. You do know that all the plagues that came on the Egyptians didn't touch the Israelites. So it doesn't matter. We, we may be in the land, but we're in the land of Goshen. Hallelujah. We're not in Egypt. Amen. Hallelujah. God is going to be, see, we think he's going to protect you. Absolutely. God's going to meet and supply every need that we have. He's going to do it supernaturally. Whatever he needs to do, he's going to do it. So pastor, you're delusional. No, I just walk in faith. He told us to do it. He told us to be here. He told, he said, we're going to finish. And he said, the church is going to get brighter and brighter and brighter and stronger and stronger. Now, here's the thing, too. He's coming back for a bride. How many want an old, ugly, dilapidated bride? Weak, losing, missing three teeth. They don't want something like that. He don't want me walking down the aisle looking at something like that. Says so what well, he has to take us. No, he's coming back because he wants us. The Bible says you can't even come to God unless he drew you. Amen. You're a crown and glory. He's looking. He is going to come back and take this church, which is going to be glorious. Now, are we going to be perfect? No. Because there's going to be people born into it all the time. But praise God, he's going to come back for you and I. Amen. But here's one of the biggest things. Let me, let me wind this thing up and just, just tantalize you for what we're going to get into. But uh, here's the, one of the biggest things is that many people are looking for something or believing for something. And that's not all that wrong. It's just that when you're believing for something, you, you're getting very, very discouraged, you know, if you're not also believing in something. But it's more important to believe in something and set your faith on something than it is to believe for something. Most people are believing for a manifestation of healing. They're believing to be healed. I'm, I'm believing to be healed. I'm believing to... And yet we've got a promise that Jesus did that it was by his stripes you are healed in Isaiah 53 and by his stripes you were healed in 1 Peter 2.24. And so you've got... He did, he, he did this. If you were and you are, then you is and you am. So then he also said, I'm going to meet and supply all of your needs according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. All of these things. Remember I said, the man said, I can't. He said, they won't. But Jesus said, I did. And when you find out the promises of God, you know, and so many people are believing for instead of believing in or believing on. And see, we've got to believe in and on the promises of what God's already said. Yes, God's going to do it. There are things he's doing. You know, faith is past, present, and future, but faith that receives is always present. You can't have a confession of faith unless you're in the now, unless you receive it now, because Mark eleven twenty four says, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And I didn't write that. Jesus said that. Okay, Jesus said that. Jesus said that. Jesus said that. He said, you know, and, and he declared what prayer, and he declared some things that were going to. And so if we're looking for a manifestation, if we're looking for something in the future, it's hope. But faith is the substance of things hoped for. So don't get nervous. Don't get frustrated with yourself. Because that's why you're here. Because there is a confession unto faith. 
And then there is the true confession of faith that brings results in your life. But don't ever stop believing. Don't ever stop confessing what God's word says over you. Hallelujah. You keep confessing your faith until your faith can speak for itself. Hallelujah. You keep declaring the truths of God's word, even if you say it doesn't look like it. I de- declare we're, we're debt free. I declare that we're blessed. I declare that God's doing it. I do that all the time. I do that. I write that in my, my, my visions for every year that we're, as a church, we're totally debt free, that we're blessed. Everything's paid off, and we got the visions and dreams that we want to have. Amen? That God wants us to have, that God's desire. Amen? You know, and I love going down south because down south, their campuses, their buildings cost five times what ours cost. You know, I don't like talking to people that don't live in California because they, you know, a guy got up and he was talking about how difficult it was. He said, but the Lord blessed him. They bought a whole shopping center for 1.1 million. We bought this for 4.6 million. And they bought it in St. Augustine, Florida for 1.1 million. And I thought, that's a lot prettier than Stockton. It's right on the beach. It's called location, location, location. Somebody says, that doesn't even sound right. It ain't. It just ain't right. But then you talk to people down there, and they say, oh, I, I, we had to build out our campus, but our campus down here cost $47 million. I go, 4.6 sounds a whole lot better than 47 Amen? And there's a lot bigger things that are going on. But, you know, you look at things. You know, it's just like we look at stuff and we go, everything is perspective of where you're at and what you're doing. Amen? But how do you know God's got it? God's got it. See, we have to believe the promises because why? Because we believe the promiser. We believe in Jesus. I like what Paul said, and we're going to close. We're going to stop right there. But I like what Paul said when he was writing to Timothy. He said, Timothy, I know in whom I believe, not what. Aren't you glad God didn't base it upon how much you know? Man, he only based it on how much you believe and how much you can trust him. He said, I know in whom I believe and whom I've committed. I know that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. I know in whom. And that whom is Jesus. Amen. That whom is we're believing and we're trusting the Holy Spirit to bring things to our life. And so we're going to talk about the promises of God. Number one promise, we get eternal life. The Spirit of God. Number two promise is the baptism or, the, or the receiving the Holy Spirit there in a greater fullness and doing it. I mean, so good because that's the promise that he gave the power of the presence of God. Amen? And there's some other promises that he gave that we want to get into to understand. Because if you realize some things over in Second Peter, he said, by these exceeding great and precious promises, you're able to partake of the divine nature of God. His nature, his likeness, his life, his joy, the divine nature of God. I know that just freaks everybody out. You're just Pastor Hugo. You're one of those guys just thinks you can manipulate God. I'm not manipulating God. I'm just agreeing with him. He said it. He said, I can have it. He said, I can use it. He said, I can walk in it. He's the one that gave me his joy. Jesus said, I give you joy. I'm going to give you my joy. Most people don't even think Jesus ever laughed. But the Bible says he rejoiced. And if you look at that word up, that's an interesting word. That'll just make you all get nervous. It does. But we're not going to go there because we don't want to be dignified. 
We want to go through them. We want to go through the front of the mall. We don't want to go in the back where the mall where the semi trucks come and got them big old doors. Hallelujah. You know, it's funny because everybody that actually unloads the trucks gets first looks. And half the stuff don't ever make it to the front lines for you to get. I'm going to put that on hold. I'm going to put that on layaway. I like this one. <laughs> it's because they're back there at the big ugly receiving door because nobody wants to get ugly for Jesus. You know, so we want to be dignified. We're going to go to the front door. Hallelujah. So I said, well, I think you can do both. Well, you can depend on where you're at. But I said, I like to be back there in the ugly door. Best God, I want, I want to get first dibs on what's going on. Amen. Now, God has a plan. He has a purpose. And, and he has promises that he's given. And we have to believe him. Amen. And it's not hard. It's simply, Lord, I believe what you said. And we're going to find out what he said. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your grace, your mercy. Thank you for these wonderful folks. They just continually keep drawing things out of me. I'm trying to close. Hallelujah. But they're so precious and so wonderful. Lord, thank you. But Father, the greatest gift, the greatest promise that you gave was the Lord Jesus Christ. And you gave eternal life to us. So Father, as we have our heads bowed and our eyes closed, if there's anybody here, that really truly doesn't know you as their personal Lord and Savior. I didn't say if you know about him. I didn't say do you know of him. I said do you really know him. John 17 and verse 3 says this is eternal life. Knowing the one and true living God. Eternal life is knowing God. is knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. It's knowing him in a personal way. That you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you died today. You would make heaven and miss hell. That's how serious this is. It's a serious matter. But God loves you so much. He's not holding your sins against you. You're not, you can never have been so mean. You can never have been so, Paul said, I'm the chiefest of sinners. I, Paul, he had letters. He was killing Christians. He thought he was doing the Lord's work. He said, I'm the chiefest of sinners and God saved me so that all can be saved. He said, so everybody would know, listen, here it is. You haven't done, no matter what you've done, God's greater. God's greater. He's greater. But you got to know that. You got to believe that. And God loves you. And today is the day of salvation in the Bible. Today's the day that you receive. He loves you so much. He cares about you so much. So if you're here under the sound of my voice or you're watching, listen, we want to get you the promises of God, but this is the number one promise. You got to get into the family of God so you can receive the promise of God. The number one promise is Jesus Christ. So if you're here and you just kind of been hanging around, checking this thing out, you might be like that guy that was hanging around for three years, watching me, asking me questions. But today could be your day to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. And so if you're here and you say, I want Jesus to be the Lord, I want to know, I want to make him my Lord and my Savior, that I know that he would forgive me, cleanse me of all my sins, and let me walk in newness of life. I want to become a new creature in Christ Jesus. If that's you, just raise your hand real high. Just raise it up. Say, Pastor, here, I I want this. I want this. I can't wait. I can't wait. Hallelujah. I see those two hands. I do. Because God loves you. Hallelujah. Anybody else? You'll thank God for their bravery. Thank God for their heart. Hallelujah. And we need to be able to reach. That's what God's God's desire is that we reach out and touch lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to say a prayer. And it's not the prayer, but it's you believing in your heart and you confessing with your mouth. And God brought you here today for that because he loves you. 
So, but I want everybody to say this with them, okay? So let's say this. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe with all my heart that you sent Jesus to die just for me. And so right now, I receive Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for forgiving me of all of my sins and receiving me unto yourself. I'm going to make heaven and I'm going to miss hell because Jesus, you're my Lord. You're my Savior. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. God's so good. God's so good. Hallelujah. You know, it's uh, the greatest thing in all the world is to become a new creature in Christ Jesus because that's the greatest. So all of heaven rejoices. And, uh, you know, if you did raise your hand or if you didn't raise your hand, our prayer team's going to be up here. These folks that come up here right after service, they're going to be right here and they'll talk to you, they'll share with you, they'll give you books, they'll give you things to help you walk your walk and do that. You know, I got a really great call yesterday from my son, Adam. All of you know Adam, and they're in North or South Carolina, excuse me, and they're, you know, they just jumped right into a church, and they've just been really helping, and he's just really been encouraging, and, you know, there, and they just, they just made him the head of the, the altar teams, and they made him the head of follow-up, and all of those things there, so he told him that was back in uh, November, right, beginning, and he said, here, there's what's going to happen then, he said, you're going to have to start doing altar calls, because they weren't doing altar calls, and so he said, hey, you got to do it, so they did that, so he started believing God. So they've had 61 people born again in a, in a month and a half, you know, or come back to God, or, you know, rededicate their lives, you know, so, because uh, they, they, they never met a person like Adam. You guys, all, all of us in this whole room, we, we understand that. If you've ever met my son, he's, he's intense, but he also knows how to believe God, and I was just so thrilled uh, they had him up on stage today and he was reading out all the names for the baby dedication and water baptisms for everybody. And uh, so I thought, and I, I laugh at him, I said, I thought you weren't going to get involved. <sighs> but when you're called, you got to get involved. Amen. And it's good things. Hallelujah. Good things. Let's all stand up. I love you. God loves you. I'm looking forward to telling you about the promises of God. You guys are blessed. The prayer team's going to come up here. If you raised your hand or should have raised, or if you just need prayer for anything, come on down.